What's up, everyone? Hope you all had a great week in the midst of all of this craziness. It is February 17th, 2018. Thank you for tuning in to the Amber Daily, where you can come in here about the latest news with articles and tips on ways of how I think would help in achieving your health and fitness goals. Make sure to check me out on Twitter at Amber Jolene. Also on Instagram at Amber underscore JHW. So today I went to see Black Panther and I can say for right now, so I won't spoil anything because the weekend has not been over yet. I really enjoyed, I really, really, really enjoyed the movie. There were so many things to take away from the film. The messages, the overall content, that's all I can say right now so I won't give anything away. But it did start off kind of rocky and it wasn't the movie that started off kind of rocky it was the theater that we went to so this is what happened we were sitting there and you know the the showings of all the other movies that are coming out you know that's about 20 minutes long the sound was great everything was going good so they of course they started to lower the lights because the movie was about to come on so um so as the lights were turning the movie started and it was this very awkward sound that didn't quite sound right but because we had never seen the movie before we thought the whole the whole theater everybody in the theater thought that it was how the movie was but then about five minutes rolled around and everybody's looking around like this doesn't sound right we, we could barely hear them talking it was a distorted noise going on so a couple of people jumped up real fast and ran out because it, at that point something was off so they went out. I guess someone told someone somebody that the movie is messing up. So of course, you know how we do. We like, look, y'all gotta come with it. Somebody needs to start it over. So a guy came back and he told the whole theater that, okay, we are gonna start the movie over. But if they had not started the movie over, I would not have. It would have not been a good outcome because people were already heightened to see the movie, and then you want to mess up the beginning where we trying to hear and we can't hear so it all went well they re um they restarted the movie and everything but it was about to be a riot up in there i mean people were talking people were like yo what's going on what are y'all doing it was just it was kind of like a rocky start but overall as everything was replayed and the movie started it was an awesome movie people was clapping at the end it's a very good movie. My kids enjoyed it. They went. I took them. So, congratulations to everyone that was on the cast, the directors, and everything. They did a very, very phenomenal job. With that said, now it's time for some news. McDonald's is in the news again. They are really trying to get this health kick going. They need a lot of work, but I guess they're trying. So... According to a title called McDonald's Slims Down Happy Meal by Banishing Cheeseburgers by the Associated Press. McDonald's will soon banish cheeseburgers and chocolate milk from its Happy Meal menu in an effort to cut down on the calories, sodium, saturated fat, and sugar that kids consume at its restaurants. Diners can still ask specifically for cheeseburgers or chocolate milk with the kids' meal, but the fast food company said that not listing them will reduce how often they're ordered. 
Since it removed soda from the Happy Meal menu four years ago, orders for it with Happy Meals have fallen 14%, the company said. The Happy Meal has long been a target of health advocates and parents who link it to childhood obesity. McDonald's has made many tweaks over the years, including cutting the size of its fries and adding fruit. Most recently, it swapped out its apple juice for one that has less sugar. It's been especially important as the company tries to shake its junk food image since McDonald's is known for getting more business from families with children relative to its traditional rivals, such as Burger King and Wendy's. The Happy Meal is a key part of that. The latest changes will occur in the United States by June. McDonald's said Thursday that it wants all of its Happy Meal options to have 600 calories or fewer and have less than 650 milligrams of sodium. It also wants less than 10% of the meal's calories to come from saturated fat and added sugar. The cheeseburger and chocolate milk didn't meet those new standards. The Oak Brook, Illinois company said, It is, however, working to cut sugar from the chocolate milk and it believes it will be back on the Happy Menu eventually, but doesn't know when that will happen. There will be other tweaks. The six-piece chicken nugget Happy Meal will now come with a kid-sized fries instead of a small, lowering calories and sodium from the fries by half. And bottled water will be added as an option to the Happy Meal menu. But will it cost extra? Currently, the Happy Meal menu lists milk, chocolate milk, and apple juice. Soda does not cost extra. For international restaurants, McDonald's Corporation said that at least half of the Happy Meal options available must meet its new nutritional guidelines. The company said some are adding new menu items to comply, like in Italy, where a grilled chicken sandwich was added to the Happy Menu. See, this is my issue with um, fast food places like this, like McDonald's and others. My issue is I'm more concerned about the ingredients that they are putting in their foods more so than what they're actually serving. I think that's the key to this whole situation. They're trying to revamp with quote unquote healthy things, but they're not trying to revamp their ingredients. That's my only issue. But hey, they have to start somewhere with it. So I guess if they continue and get to the point where they start changing their ingredients, I think people will pay more attention. Is meal prepping taking up a lot of your time? There are actually a couple of kitchen gadgets under $60 that would cut it in half. An article from Greatest um, states that we've all been there. It's 8 p.m. You're finally on your way home from work and you're flat out starving. You've got two options, right? Either call up your good friend Seamless and break your no spending money on takeout resolution or start in on a recipe guaranteed to destroy your new no eating after 9 p.m. rule. Talk about a rock in a hard place. But thankfully, there's a solution. They've dug up seven budget-conscious kitchen chef standouts committed to making sure you can have your reasonably timed home-cooked meal and eat it too, no matter how long that last meeting runs over. Number one, the first one, Junaluka Stainless Steel Herb Cutting Scissors. What has five blades, a cleaning comb, is dishwasher safe, and is about to make your dinner a whole lot tastier, not to mention easier, this guy. Pick up one of these easy-to-handle snippers, and you'll never again spend five minutes mincing a fresh bunch of parsley into a dewy pulp with a knife and cutting board. You can even finally slice those bad boys right onto your plate for a restaurant-worthy finish. They have listed that you can find this on Amazon.com for $14.97. The second one they listed is the Dash Rapid 
rapid egg cooker. And they describe it as this genius contraption laughs in the face of the single high maintenance 12 minute egg by cooking up no less than six of these protein packed puppies in the same amount of time with just one touch. It's also great for poaching, soft boiling, and even making omelets. We see devil eggs by the dozens heading your way and they have listed this as $19.99 at Amazon as well. The third one that they listed was the Chef and Veggie Chop Hand Powered Food Chopper. This adorable little contraption not only ex expertly chops up just any old vegetable you can imagine, it also functions as a manual one-stop shop for making spreads and sauces. Tossing some avocados, onions, garlic, tomatoes, and seasoning, give it a whirl and you've got a conveniently reasonable container full of homemade guacamole ready for dipping. They have listed this as $15.91 also at Amazon. The remaining that they listed was um, the Spiralizer 5 Blade Vegetable Slicer to slice your vegetables. The Also the Williams Sonoma Hammered Flat Bottom Wok, which is awesome. I have a wok myself and I love cooking my vegetables in it. The wok can be found at williamsonoma.com for $30. They have also listed the Instant Pot Lux Mini. It does soup broth, meat stews, eggs, sautés, rice, porridge, keep stuff warm, pressure cooks, and it slow cooks. And that can also be found at Amazon for $59. What's listed as well is the Oster 2-Pound Express Bake Bread Machine, which can also be found at Amazon.com. If you want more information, head over to Greatest, that's G-R-E-A-T-I-S-T dot com for more information and look under the article state called named seven kitchen gadgets under $60 that would cut your meal prep time in half. If you look through this article, you can look at the actual, the actual physical product and see where you can buy or purchase this from. If you're anything like me, when it comes to cardio, it can get very, very boring, very fast, especially if it's repetitive with no changing. An article coming from The Greatest um, called 13 Tips for Making Cardio Workouts More Effective and Way Less Boring lists some things that you can do to kind of make it more better in terms of not looking at the time or thinking, oh, how long, how much more do I have to go? So for the treadmill, they list to do intervals, which are very, very helpful. I do them all the time. I have to because just going one speed at one time or one um, level is just very boring to me. Sprint it out and add strength training. Strength training is good too as well. I usually add dumbbells when I'm on a treadmill on kind of like 3.0. Not too fast because I usually have 8 pounds on each hand. So about 2.5, 3.0 is a very good speed. The elliptical. I honestly hate the elliptical, so I try to avoid it at all costs. But if you do like to ride the elliptical, um, they suggest to add more resistance and to take it backwards, to actually try going back backwards at various speeds and against different resistance levels. For the stair climber, they suggest gradually add speed, go different directions, and squat it out. With indoor cycling, hit it high, also move in and out, and make it heavy. For the rowing machine, they suggest to do intervals 
when they're rowing um, to see how fast they can get to 200 meters and then try to beat it going from 200 to 400 meters. And the other one to do for a rowing machine is build a pyramid. Try pyramid work to keep things interesting. Hit 100 meters, take a 30 second break, do 200 more meters and take another break, add 300 more meters and take another break to keep it interesting. So those are just a few tips that you can do when it comes to making your cardio more interesting. You can also do other things as incorporating a resistance band when you're um, doing cardio as well. Those are very good. Want to know which fruits or vegetables are in season every month of the year? Well, there are some infographics that may help. In an article called These Infographics Show the Fruits and Vegetables in Season Every Month of the Year by Zara Caravana. She states, plan to purchase your fruits and vegetables during their peak seasons and you'll not only enjoy them more, you'll save money while maximizing your nutrition. The article states, think of the experience of a perfectly ripe, juicy summer tomato, rich red color, perfect consistency, bursting with flavor. Buying in season makes all fruits and vegetables more enjoyable, and that's not the only benefit, according to the NYC-based registered dietitian, Lisa Hyam. When you purchase produce at peak season, you get more natural nutrients, she states, because seasonal fruits and vegetables don't undergo lengthy transit times to get from farm to your kitchen. These integral, integral, my speech though. Vitamins and minerals are more likely to be preserved by the time you're ready to eat your produce, she says. In fact, the Cleveland Clinic reports that spinach can provide up to three times more vitamin C when consumed in season September through October. You'll also save money. Shorter travel times for your produce means lower shipping costs, which lowers the grocer's, the grocer's price, and those savings get passed on to you at checkout. There's also the law of supply and demand, says Los Angeles-based registered dietitian, Lindsay Pine. When fruits and veggies are in season, the farmers will most likely have an abundance of crop and prices will go down. For example, GM reports that out-of-season basil runs $3 per half ounce. In season, it's just $1 to $2. If you're looking for the freshest of the fresh, your local farmer's market, which I visit myself, is a great place to start. Before you go, check out the six giveaways the produce at the farmer's market isn't fresh or local, which you can find in this article once I give you the website. And if you're short on shopping time, join a CSA, Community Supported Agricultural Association, for fresh pick-that-morning produce sourced directly from a local farm. And when you're shopping at the grocery store, you can buy in season with this guide to ensure you get the biggest nutritional bang for your buck. Don't miss these secrets. Your farmer's market isn't telling you. You can find more information on this article on the Reader's Digest website at www.rd.com. It also lists um, an inside article called Six Giveaways to Produce at the Farmer's Market Isn't Fresh or Local. And it also has a link inside this article called Secrets Your Farmer's Market Isn't Telling You. It also has an infographic of the fruits and vegetables that are in season that you can check out as well. I also have the link on my website once I download the podcast to the website. You can go to the to my website at theamberdaily.com and I will list the links for that as well. 
chew on this veganism in the african-american community by delilah thomas if there was ever a trend right now in the food world veganism is definitely close to the top of the list from countless articles to documentaries even celebrity testimonies the lifestyle is getting more attention than ever but this dietary decision is more than just a way to keep up with the culinary joneses especially for the african-american community we introduce you to Chef Cynthia Neville's owner of the vegan food truck Soul Good months ago, and for her, dropping the meat and dairy was a matter of life and death. The article states, back in 2010, my son, who was born with cystic fibrosis, needed a double organ transplant to live, Neville's told News Fixed, and I felt like his quality of life was out of my hands, and the only thing that I can control to him to help him while he was waiting for organs during that time was feeding him healthy foods, whole foods, vegan, vegetarian foods. And that's what birthed her business. But Neville's quickly learned she wasn't the only one using the vegan lifestyle to aid a health dilemma. Surprisingly, what I discovered, what she discovered, when I started out of the farmer's market was that my customer base was 89% African American. Neville said a lot of reasons why they were choosing to eat healthy was because their health was making them choose to eat healthier food options. Many of them may have diabetes, they may have heart disease, they may have high blood pressure. And so their doctors have told them eat better or die. And that's something Brandon Waller, creator of BAMS Vegan, is trying to prevent. I'm from Louisiana, Waller told Newsfeed. So we grew up eating properly catfish for breakfast, shrimp for dinner. So we ate that way, pork chops and all that. So it's just a way of thinking that we have that was passed down from generation to generation that keeps us in this box. I just want to break that cycle, man. Just show people that you can eat real food, still eat vegan soul food, and not risk your health. And Walla has big plans to do so. Right now, it's through social media and his site. To make people comfortable with switching over, you have to have something that relates to what they know, Waller said. So that's why I make burgers, I make tacos, I make pizza, I make food that's familiar to you, but it's cruelty free. Everybody wants to go vegan, but they don't know the first step. And if you are looking to step into the vegan lifestyle, remember, change is painful, growth is painful, but nothing is as painful. So I have been seeing a lot of articles pertaining to black women um, having like one of the highest mortality rates when it comes to labor, childbirth, labor and childbirth. But there's also an article about infant mortality in the black community as well. And one of the articles are called Meet the, Meet the Woman Fighting Black Infant Mortality in Memphis, courtesy of Afropunk. And the article is written by Katie Mitchell. In many ways, Memphis, Tennessee embodies all the vaulting summits and desolate valleys of the black American experience. The city has a large blues scene, a rich civil rights history, and an impressive black culinary tradition. But simultaneously, it is a city mirrored by racial inequality, discrimination, and unadorned white supremacy. Last month, the statue of the Confederate soldier and staunch white supremacist Nathan Bedford Forrest was finally removed from the city's parks grounds. And while some celebrate the slow withdrawal of the essence of white supremacy in, in the public, the substance of racism in Memphis never, nevertheless persists. Persist. And perhaps nowhere does the city's legacy of racial inequality loom longer 
larger than it does over the city. Healthcare disparities. According to Tennessee government documents, the state has had a long history of racial inequality when it comes to health with African Americans having higher rates of injury, premature death, infant mortality, and higher risks like obesity and insufficient access to healthy foods. A longitudinal study investigating Memphis found the city suffered from a particularly serious problem with infant mortality. 60% of the births are to African American women in Shelby County, but nearly 80% of the infant deaths are among African Americans, the researchers wrote. Although there are some counties in Tennessee with higher infant mortality rates among African Americans, an African American baby born in Shelby County does have a relatively disadvantaged first year of life. The roots of the environmental racism and the racial health disparities that plagued Memphis can be traced in part back to the segregation of the mid-20th century. During the Great Depression and its subsequent New Deal, cities like Memphis were redlined and black neighborhoods were prevented from getting access to federal government loans. The practice ultimately created concentrated racialized poverty through the home mortgage system and the practice of discriminatory lending continued deep into the 20th century and beyond. As seen in the wake of the Great Recession, large banks like Wells Fargo targeted the black communities in Memphis with subprime loans that harmed these neighborhoods. The past and present housing discrimination effectively drained the opportunities from wealth from these communities that ultimately have serious consequences on the health of black communities and Memphis as a whole. The compounded divestment means the predominantly black neighborhoods in Memphis have fewer grocery stores and more fast food restaurants. It's the type of disparities that mean black children have to grow up in food deserts or what some experts are calling food swamps. Moreover, without the generational wealth from homes and under continued housing discrimination, black residents in Memphis disproportionately make less money, have inferior jobs, and thereby have a more difficult time finding the resources to navigate the expensive and bureaucratic American health care system. And as officials from the Department of Health in Tennessee wrote, Income is highly correlated with health status, and the medium household income is lowest for the African-American population. But even in the face of all these obstacles, obstacles, one resident, Deanna Taylor, having had long personal experience with these problems, feels confident that she can make a change. Year after year, I've seen the city in which I live continually come in as lacking any improvement in the health statistics. In 2011, I finally... I started Finally Fit Memphis with a mission to overcome unhealthy lifestyles through education and inspiration, Taylor tells WYV. Finally Fit Memphis began as a single individual seeking change, especially within the African-American community, in which, which access to fresh fruits, vegetables, non-GMO foods, and fitness facilities is unavailable within a 10 to 15 mile radius, she continues. Over the last seven years, Taylor's journey has taken her into the elementary schools, summer camps, farms, gyms, and beyond to create a holistic curriculum that targets every area of Memphis with fitness classes and nutrition workshops for individuals in the community of all ages. In Shelby County, Finally Fit Memphis has made a big difference and is a part of a growing generation of nonprofits. Research is starting to show nonprofits like Taylor's create safer, healthier communities. For her efforts, Taylor has been nominated three years in a row, 2015 through 2017, by the Tri-State Defender in the Best in Black Awards as the best personal trainer in Memphis. Though the obstacles remain steep, Taylor 
and finally fit personify what a more racially equitable Memphis could look like if it were to scale the solutions necessary to address the long legacy of inequality. Investing in the health of black babies and women can help bring about the goals that Taylor has fought for over the last several years and that every resident of Memphis deserves. It's Black History Month and here are a few African-American mental health professionals and advocates, courtesy of Argosy University. Dr. Kenneth Bancroft Clark, 1914 to 2005, first African-American president of the American Psychological Association. Dr. Clark, along with his wife, famous for the Dahl study experiment, which looked at responses of more than 200 black children preferences in the selection of white or brown dolls. Dr. Clark's finding concluded that segregation was psychologically damaging, which was a determining factor in the Supreme Court case Brown versus Board of Education. Dr. Mammy Phipps Clark, 1917 to 1983, first African-American woman to earn a doctorate in, psycholo in psychology from Columbia University. Along with her husband, Dr. Kenneth Clark, her research on race and child development helped in desegregation efforts, especially in the Brown versus Board of Education. Understanding the need of mental health services for the African-American community, Dr. Clark and her husband opened the Northside Center for Child Development in Harlem, New York in 1946. So as I have stated before, February is Heart Health Month. So let's get into some tips about how to take better care of our hearts. An article in Black Enterprise um, titled A Heart for Fashion, What Black Women Need to Know About Heart Disease by Lydia Blanco. I'm not going to read the whole article, but I will point out a couple of um points that they made in the article that I think will be very efficient to knowledge about what we as black women need to um, know about heart disease. It's fashion week here in New York City and last week the American Heart Association painted the town red for their Go Red for Women Red Dress Collection Fashion show presented by Macy's. Thousands of people gathered at the Hammerstein Ballroom in Midtown to raise awareness about heart disease. Actress Lynn Whitfield and Zuri Hall, e-news correspondent, was among some of the stunning women to take the runway in red designer dresses at the star stutter raising. But they made it clear that it was not about them. For them, it was about raising awareness about a disease that kills more women than all of the cancers combined. Vice Admiral Jerome Adams, who is a 20th United States Surgeon General and cardiologist, Dr. Nikila Cook, Chief of Staff at the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute, were also in attendance to raise awareness and stated that black women need to pay attention to the silent killer because of the different risk factors associated with them. One in three women will be impacted by heart disease and every 80 seconds a woman passes away from the heart-related complications. Dr. Cook states, one of the things that is really unique about women is that often we don't recognize when there are problems with our hearts. So I would say that it's important to not only to pay attention to prevention and make those small changes and making the changes in your diet, but to pay attention to when things aren't quite right and recognize those signs and symptoms and seek out medical care. 
African-American women are the group least likely to name heart disease or a stroke as a concern. For women, the truth is, it is. And as an African-American woman, I think that's something that we should know, said Hall. A huge part of taking care of your heart is to take good care of yourself, which means that you have to put yourself first. Women tend to take care of their children, homes, and community before they take care of themselves. And when we want them to understand that you can't take care of the community if you don't take care of yourself, said Surgeon General Adams. Hall states, I've learned in the last few years that it's, in, that it's the most important thing because you cannot pour from an empty cup and I had nothing left to give. And I was ready to burn out. And I realized that if you can't even enjoy the fruits of your labor, then what is the point in the labor? So I carve out time for myself the same way that I carve out time for my friends for brunch or for my business meeting or for an office meeting with my boss. In the same way that it's from 2 p.m. to 3.15 p.m. If someone hits me up and says, let's get drinks at 5, I say, I can't, I'm busy, said Hall. Surgeon General Adams states that Adams states that just 22 minutes of exercise every day, which adds up to be two and a half hours of exercise a week, can make a big difference in your heart health. Avoiding or decreasing your intake of tobacco, scheduling regular appointments with your physician, and limiting the amount of junk food you intake can result in a healthier lifestyle. Lynn Whitfield lastly states, she wants women to know that your health is the quality of your life, and since we are vessels, and in those vessels we carry out purposes. Without health, it is very difficult to manifest that which we're destined to have. 14 Secrets from Countries with the Lowest Heart Attack Rates by Hannah Hong. Japan, Korea, and France have the lowest rates of heart disease in the world. Learn their heart healthy habits to tack on your years to your life. For starters, they eat smaller portions. According to Theodore Takata, MD, he states the Japanese have portion control ingrained in their culture. Following a particularly good meal, the Japanese use the phrase harahachibu. This phrase simply means 80% as an 80% fool. At 100%, a person is said to feel uncomfortable and stuffed. They eat fermented foods. Fermented foods reduce inflammation, improve immunity, digestion, and gut health, support weight loss by enhancing metabolism, improve mental health, and even reduce the risk of heart disease. They choose green tea over coffee. They also eat a lot of fish. They don't spend too much time sitting down. They drink alcohol moderately. They choose red wine. They walk everywhere. They eat less red meat. They keep an eye on their weight. A very important one, they take time to relieve stress. They smoke less. They have lots of preventative care. And they maintain tight social networks. The, world, the world's longest lived people chose or, or were born into social circles that supported healthy behaviors. Research from the Framingham studies shows that smoking, obesity, happiness, and even loneliness are contagious. So the social networks of long-lived people have favorably shaped their health behaviors.
Well, this concludes this week's episode. You can check me out on iTunes. And if you can give me a great five-star rating, that would be awesome. Also, check me out on Google Play. You can also go to my website, theamberdaily.com as well. And feel free to leave a comment of any of the topics of today's podcast, which is uploaded on the website as well. Also, all the links to the articles that I talked about today will also be listed so you can go straight to the website and find more tips that I have um, that I thought were very helpful to you. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and please follow me if you would like on also my my website, my blog website and also on iTunes. I'm also on Twitter at Amber Jolene and Instagram at Amber underscore JHW. Remember to check me out every Saturday. I usually drop an episode. You all have a great week. And now I am about to get into this Chris Rock um, stand up on Netflix. See what that's all about. So remember, stay safe, eat well, stay active. Bye.